We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And I emphasize the flicks because there's a character named Flick in the movie. I made it an hour and a half and didn't make that connection. That's unbelievable. That's like when you shared the marketing campaign for Scrooge. Like, different ghosts he's fighting. At, oh, it's right, right there. There. That is uh, some low-hanging grain. <laughs> we are reviewing the 1998 uh, Disney Pixar classic, A Bug's Life. Not to be confused with Ants, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Oh, you better believe we're going to talk yeah. about Ants. Uh, and we're reviewing this movie because Into Spider-Verse is hitting theaters. And along came a spider, felt a little heavy, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, a little heavy. Mm-hmm. So we're going with animated and features a spider. Yeah. And what is taking a look into the Spider-Verse other than taking a look into a bug's life? Mm-hmm. It's basically the same thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Now, back in 1995, uh, after the success of Toy Story, a uh, bunch of Pixar peeps got together and they said, what other successes are we going to make that's just going to secure job security for the rest of us? Uh, a Bug's Life is one of those movies. And it is kind of a twist on the ant and the grasshopper story. If you don't recall, uh, it's kind of like an old fable about a grasshopper who squanders the spring and summer months on singing while the ants work hard and diligently put food away for the winter. And when the winter comes, the hungry grasshopper begs the ants for food, but the ants turn him away and he dies. Whoa. And so uh, the Pixar people were like, well, he's a grasshopper. Couldn't he just take the food from the ants? Uh, and then someone said, all right, give me a napkin. Give me a napkin. And just wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, and so A Bug's Life was in production like right after uh, Toy Story. So it went in production like pretty close after the success of Toy Story in 95. Uh, and they got a lot of, you know, current then like current right. day hitters. Yeah. To be part of it. So in case you uh, were missing television, uh, you get uh, Dave Foley from News Radio, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld, uh, Richard Kind, uh, who is a voice of Molt, uh, from Spin City, David Hyde Pierce from Frasier, and Brad Garrett from Everyone Loves Raymond. That's like multiple networks. And Bonnie Hunt from uh, whatever she was doing. I think she was doing the Bonnie Hunt show. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And they all were the voices for, you know, the different characters in the movie. And um, the movie also kind of draws inspiration from another uh, classic, if you're familiar with it. It's called The Seven Samurai, um, mm. about a story about a village under attack with bandits demanding food for compensation. Uh, but this goes on until the village decides to travel outside their area and hire a samurai to defend the village. If this doesn't sound familiar, you might know it under the name of The Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Western remake uh, kind of of that same story. And so with, you know, 90s sitcom voice actors and an old fairy tale and a other thing you get a bug's life yeah it's interesting that you're talking about the adaptations of it too because um i believe that 
the Negan storyline in The Walking Dead was loosely based on oh. Hopper. I mean, the guy likes to crush skulls. And that is a flashback flicks false fact. False fact. <laughs> well done, Grayson. Well, mm-hmm. well done. Keep <laughs> you on your toes. Uh, now, the movie had a modest budget of $120 million, uh, and it made over $363 million. Whoa. Now, it came out uh, right after another movie that talked about an ant doing stuff called Ants. Ants. Uh, and by right after, you're not kidding, Ants came out October 2nd. 1998 and then bugs life came out right after that november 25th yeah the same season same season and and if you haven't seen ants which by the way it's ants with a z because edge um everything a to z (laughs) oh my oh grayson it's right there amazon is based (laughs) off of the movie and i've heard that i've heard that yeah (gasps) Ants was uh, produced by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who used to work for Disney, but left after some disputes, mostly having to do with spelling. I assume he's like, it has to have a Z like Katzenberg. No, no, man. No, we're not going to do that. Fine. I'll go to a studio that will appreciate me. They don't really share any real similarity, uh, mostly because uh, the leading protagonist is Woody Allen, which I feel like just completely changes you know, the tone of everything. Although if you read the synopsis of Ants, it says a rather neurotic ant tries to break from his totalitarian society while trying to win the affection of the princess he loves. That's not that far off. Well, when you put it like that. Yeah. Now, I remember watching Ants, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but it, it was definitely... Uh, a different focus. It, it actually felt a little bit more like B movie. Um, yeah, more than anything. it was more internal to like the colony, right? Than uh, yeah. Um, but I the reason we bring up ants so much is because these two films got mistaken for each other a lot, mm-hmm. and I actually think it's one of the reasons that Bugs Life didn't do even better. Right. Um, or excuse me, Ah Bugs Life didn't do even better. Uh, in my opinion, this movie is one of the most underrated Pixar films. Yes, It's fantastic. I mean, they had a whole section of Disneyland devoted to it. I think they reused the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids stuff. Yep. But still, the sign was there. It has since been shut down to be turned into a Marvel area in California Adventure. But the uh, Pixar pier that recently opened still doesn't feature that much Bugs Life stuff. And I don't understand it. I really don't. I love this movie. I'll tell you why, Grayson. Um, oh, okay. Because uh, Pixar decided to start off their, uh, you know, animated universe um, by having a very lighthearted movie about toys and like, this is the secret life of toys. What if toys did stuff? And they followed it up with a movie about oppression and how to keep people yeah. oppressed. Um, and they talk about murder more than what I recall. Yeah, but Sid is no song and dance. Yeah, but it was at least t- t- toys. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, this felt very much in the same... Uh, realm as Toy Story because 
uh, I realized a lot of Pixar films, especially the classics, they deal with stuff that kids interact with regularly, whether it be toys or bugs or even the idea of monsters in the closet. Like, it's very kid-focused, but also everything feels low. You know, it's like stuff that's on the ground. So the world feels big, just like the world feels when you're a kid. And it wasn't until watching this for like the dozenth time of being like, oh, now I get it. (laughs) I understand now. Um, But yeah, I, 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 yeah, there's a lot of oppression. And ultimately the themes of it are about like, conformity and perspective and like really big ideas for a kid but still when i was a kid i loved this movie i had i would say i had probably more toys from this movie than any other pixar film except maybe toy story just because the marketing's too easy but i had Mm -hmm. i had a ton of bugs life stuff i had the whole circus i had them where you could like package them up in the little circus thing it was like a um you remember like Polly pocket or mighty max how they would have like those self-contained worlds i had like the little things for bugs life for that i had one for space jam too but my my what yeah yeah it's the uh, baseball field and then it goes into the theme park but it was a similar thing for this it was like the tree and everything but i had uh the pill bugs they would do like tricks and things like that i had dim and he could like scoot around and his shell would flap like his wings and all that. And I, I loved it. And I probably played the bugs life game even more than I watched the movie. Oh yeah. Like the bugs life game for uh Disney uh, CD ROM or uh, I forget what it was called. It was called something specific, but like the, the CD ROM, which for those of you who are too young to remember this, uh, my youth is behind me. So you used to play computer games with a CD-ROM. Um, and it was a, just a computer game that was physically on the disc, but it was like an interactive like DVD. Like you could put your DVD inside your computer. Have you ever thought of such a thing? Yeah. Um, and Disney Interactive was like the company that like made these different kind of games. Now, remember, you were you play this flick and you like got these little like seeds as like I guess Pac-Man yeah. pellets, basically like they were your, your rings. Um, but even from like my '90s brain, I remember it being very slow. <laughs> it was slow, and parts of it were unreasonably difficult, like the bird level. I remember yeah, never just made it to the bird like, level. I live in the bird level now. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Bugs Life was the first ever home video release to be entirely created using a digital transfer, instead of it being. Um, transferred from film to videotape and so they did a full digital transfer from computers from the computer data as opposed to just you know on the film and uh another random fun fact uh this is pixar's first film to have luxo jr the little lamp bouncing and squashing the letter i first first one that really it wasn't in toy story they did not do it have they added it in for the the re-releases since then because i feel like when we did toy story we saw it it was for the uh, well, I would say in the official theatrical release. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're they're pulling a Muppets Christmas Carol on us <laughs> and just playing fast and loose with our memories. Yep, yep. Although I did have a yes. moment of that in this in that yes. credit sequence. Yes. Do you know what happened? I know what happened, Grayson. So I want to say 
that that was either so the thing that we are referencing is famously in the post credit sequence which is started with bugs life they did a bunch of outtakes um and in one of the outtakes you see Woody coming in with the clapper. Yes, thank you. Oh, I felt insane when it didn't happen. I was like, yeah. I, I know that this was a thing. Why, why did they cut Woody out of the film? I don't know why, Grayson. It, it, it's an it's unsolved mystery. Oh, man, that really bothered me. Because yeah, they cause still make the To Infinity and Beyond reference, but they just don't, they don't show Woody walk on with the, right. the slate. Yeah. Maybe, and just maybe, and uh, this isn't a flawless transition into headcanon because we still have other things to talk about, but maybe this was to further solidify the Pixar theory. We will share the Pixar theory in headcanon, but I have a counter headcanon when we get there, so you got something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. Now, the first time I watched this movie, I want to say was like in 1999 uh, when it was available on home video. I don't remember appreciating this movie as much. Um, and it's not like, like you mentioned before, it's not one of those movies that stick with me as much, but watching it this time, I'm like, Oh, Oh, this, this movie is so great. Like I thought that the, the, the villains with like the grasshoppers was a very strong, uh, just analogy just for, you know, like them tell like they the the grasshoppers did such a good job of just like hey this is the circle of life <laughs> again headcanon later on it's gonna be this is the circle of life this is how everything goes because that's how they had been doing life for so long um, and I just thought that that was a really cool way to show how like oh yeah like the grasshoppers know that the ants outnumber them. Um, and that's why he's trying to keep them under his heel. Like the, the crazy thing for me is that like Hopper doesn't need to go back and prove a point with these ants, but he just does so to keep them under his thumb. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah, it's this real is, messed up. this is like art of war stuff. Like I, I was just really, uh, impressed with how, the subject matter was just completely different mm-hmm. um, and how like it's these livelihoods, like the stakes are so much higher <laughs> in this movie. It's like, Oh no, if we keep on trying to scrounge for food, we will starve. Yeah. And they're pretty clear about that too. And also he's like using mob tap tactics. He's like, Hmm, you know what? Double it. And he doesn't yeah. even want to eat it. He's just like, double it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, I made the joke about Walking Dead before, but I now realize he is Negan. Oh my gosh, Walking Dead is a bug's life. It really is. And, wow. Yeah. They even have like motorcycles. So let's see. The Walking Dead comic started in let's see. October 2003. So that's after Bug's Life. So it all makes sense. All connected. The Walking Dead, based on the film Ants by Woody Allen. <laughs> but one of the other things I noticed I didn't notice before was how this movie is also partly Galaxy Quest. Oh, um, no, I wrote that down. Yeah, you got it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it it's is like, Galaxy like, Quest. Like Especially with uh, uh, Stick. He, I, I was just imagining him think, saying... I was King Lear. Yeah. Alan Rickman would have been a good stick. Yeah. 
it's Galaxy Quest. Like someone mistakes these fictional heroes for real heroes, and then they end up actually being real heroes. And it could have easily been the focus of that circus uh, bugs life. You know, we could have just started in on, okay, great. We're in the, you know, Pizza Planet uh, cameo underground trailer. Yeah. Um, and it starts with them and then like some random ant shows up and. Oh, to have them be the main characters. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that could have been really fun because like even they they all had arcs. They're like, oh yeah, we remember like this is why we love performing and like we actually have people who like like what we do. Yeah, especially Dennis Leary's character of the ladybug. He really he really kind of changes his perspective. Yeah, and and you know what they say like a saber toothed tiger never changes their stripes. <laughs> a ladybug was... never changes his spots. <laughs> uh, and someone else who I didn't realize was in this movie, Hayden Panatera, in her first um, acting debut. This is her first thing that she yeah. had, had ever done. Yeah, I nobody knew who she was then, really. Like this is before Remember the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it was uh, kind of crazy because I was looking it up. Her voice didn't sound familiar, obviously, but a lot of the other ones did. Right, and I think that was the biggest thing watching this back is when I watched this as a kid, that was just what these characters sounded like. Exactly. And now you can like, now I know Dave Foley's voice and like I've, I've watched his stuff and obviously, obviously Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I was still aware of um, David Hyde Pierce though. Yeah. Oh, I definitely wasn't. Yeah. Oh, I, I was because I was a big Frasier fan as a kid. I was that kid. Um, I was the villain in Little Rascals. Uh, but yeah, I, Hayden Pantiera definitely did not uh, know. Nobody knew. Um, and it makes sense, you know, because they were looking for warrior bugs. Well, warrior bug heroes. And she brings the heroes. Save the princess, save the world. Yeah. And that whole thing was just a reference lasagna, so enjoy that. Um, yeah, but that that was crazy. I was like, Hayden Pantier, wow. Um, and yeah, it's just much darker than I remember in general. Oh, uh, yeah. But one of my favorite scenes is when they're having the, the feast and the kids perform the play and they show them the mural and they're all like cut in half and stuff. Yes. It's just, it's just. Good. And they don't really pull any punches. And I think as far as other Pixar films, this has the most mature jokes in it. Yes. Um, like Phyllis Diller as the queen has some kind of offhanded comments and even just referencing like BYOB. That doesn't feel like something that you would see in most of the Pixar films. Um, but right. I, I think it makes sense because the bugs themselves are not children. They are full grown bugs. So they're going right. to sound a little more like adults. Right. Um, yeah. Especially in the, the city scene. I think you got most of it in the city scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was nothing. The poo-poo platter. Yeah. Yes. They build out this world in every line. Like every single line is somehow a reference to them being bugs and what they are my favorite one my favorite reference in that whole sequence though is where the fly says uh, excuse me waiter there's a me in my soup <laughs> yes 
I said no salt. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm old enough to understand how um, zoology works. Yeah. These are the, all great. <laughs> I actually re- rewound that because this w- it was one of the few times the no salt thing. When he's foaming at the mouth, it's the physics aren't quite right, it seems like. Or something is not quite like composited right, it seems like. And I think I mean it's a sign of the times and the tech they had, but I don't think it's till later that they would really uh get the math down on that type. Like it's probably not till finding Nemo that they really perfected that style of like liquid math right. for 3d animation um but what they did focus on for this one and we've talked in the past that like every pixar film focuses on something different that they hyper focus on landscape texturing oh yeah because if you look at toy story like it, they have pretty blank background like not blank but solid like it's everything's very plastic like they're mm-hmm. on a table like even when they're in the grass they're big pieces of grass that actually feel more like plastic this one it feels real it feels like dirt it feels like you can see those particles being kicked up Mm -hmm. and that was crucial because we're zoomed in you have to see all those details right and so once they got that landscape texturing down they're like great we can build our characters now we can build worlds and they've carried that through to every film ever since and that to me is why bug's life is so underrated because it does set the um the baseline it sets the ability to build every other world after this. Yeah. Um, This is a little outside of the movie itself, but very connected for me with the memory of the movie. Uh, Do you remember the short that played before this? Maybe not, because I saw this in theaters. The, that was the uh, chess one, right? Yeah. Jerry's game. Jerry's game. And I still think that Jerry's game is the strongest short that they've ever put out. Maybe yeah. not technically at this point or anything like that, but story-wise and to get a nonverbal story across, um, yeah. to me, these two have always been connected. Because uh, I remember sitting in theaters with my family and we saw Jerry's game and we all just kind of like leaned over and looked at each other afterwards being like, that was incredible. Like what an amazing short. And we're about to watch another movie. I feel like I just watched a movie. Uh, yeah. I wish they would bring Jerry back to do like a full run, like a full movie. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, Up is kind of that, I guess, just in the, the sense of like the main guy is, is an old man. But Jerry's fun. Like Jerry has this dual personality, and uh, I think they could they could toy with that. Is that not what Glass is about? <laughs> Yeah, maybe it is what's glass. I need to give, <laughs> I need to give it a chance. Okay. Yeah, M Night Shyamalan teamed up with Pixar to create yep. Jerry's Game. Yeah. Now I'm saying Jerry's Game, but the more I say it, I'm getting that's not the Netflix one. That's not Gerald's Game, right? <laughs> that's a very different game. Yeah, very different. Okay. Yeah, Jerry's Game is chess. Yeah. Now one of the things that was really interesting about Flick's character in the movie was his use of invention. Like, yeah, little like basically he just you know, invented the bug industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite invention of his had to be like that little, um, the little crop thing. Yeah. That um, ended up destroying, like basically the crop thing that also ended up being like a confetti, like a, uh, di- like a, like a, like fireworks, fireworks, like a fireworks yeah. uh, creator, um, which in the right light uh, could also be used as a headcanon. 
Oh, head cannon. Grain everywhere. Head cannon is the part of the show where we share a few unique ideas based on the evidence provided by the film. Uh, now, we mentioned this before. We teased it, and now we're going to deliver. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Pixar Theory, go to PixarTheory.com. Catch yourself up. The abridged version is that all the Pixar movies are interconnected and actually tell a much darker um, timeline of how society has evolved uh, and artificial intelligence has taken over and wiped out all humans, which is why you don't see humans in movies like um, Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, or A Bug's Life. In fact, if we're looking at the timeline... Um, Bugs Life isn't like a 90s movie per se, but a movie that takes place in the year 2898 or right. 3000. So th- this is strictly from the Pixar Theory website in a nutshell. Uh, so at the end of Wally, there is a little plant that is grown on Earth, um, signifying that it is safe for humans to live back on Earth because humans live in space. Uh, so that same plant that we see in Wally grew to be the tree in a bug's life. Insects have a longer lifespan in a bug's life uh, because, like, you know, grasshoppers don't really live season to season. Um, they, and they, you know, ride hard, live hard. Yeah. Die hard. <laughs> so prior to Wally, an ant can last just about three months. Uh, however, in a bug's life, these ants all survive an entire summer and allude to being around for quite some time. One ant states that he feels 90 again. This indicates that ants are sturdier as a result of evolution and mutated genes. Another ant tells Flick not to leave the island because there are snakes, birds, and bigger bugs out there. They don't mention humans because there are very few humans to make it dangerous enough for insects to worry about. Uh, But later in the distant future, animals start evolving into the dominant species, which is what would lead us to Monsters, Inc., and you may be thinking, wait a minute, if there are no humans, then how is the Pixar truck there and they have the trailer? But if you compare the state of the truck and the trailer to its appearance in Monsters, Inc., when Randall goes in to scare the, the, the occupants of the trailer, the trailer looks much newer, which would imply that the doors in Monsters, Inc. not only allow them to travel through space, but time as well. Because mm-hmm. um, we also know that that uh, truck did exist in the Wally era. Uh, we see it in one of the scrapyards, um, but it has since been uh, kind of relocated, I guess, to where it was originally. I don't know. Maybe Wally pushed it over. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how he would have done that, but uh, yeah. So this is in the distant future. So that's the Pixar theory we want to share. This is not our head canon. Just wanted to say that yeah. we aren't taking claim for the Pixar theory. No, no, no. Um, but I, based on that, I did have this idea that um, separate from the Pixar theory, but similar to the whole Disney verse, uh, when Hopper references it's a whole circle of life thing, um, I was like, oh, wait, you're right. Maybe, just maybe, um, this takes place uh, at the same time of Lion King, um, which would 
connect to a bunch of other movies and basically making Lion King taking place in the year 2898. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. That's good. That's why they have all the references. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, so my headcanon is that um, this is like the Quentin Tarantino universe where it's a movie in a movie mostly because they're the ones who kicked off the bloopers at the end. And I was remembering the the Woody thing about him, like, making this movie, that this is something that the toys have done. They've put on this movie because, I mean, bugs and toys have a lot of opportunity to meet um, just in the way that they're stored and being in the backyard and Mm -hmm. they're on the ground, all that stuff. So that the events that you see in... Uh, a bug's life that those are actors in a story that is being made, which also explains why it is one of the most gruesome villain deaths of any Disney movie. Um, Because it is a movie. It's like the kill bill effect where it is hyper violent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that. What also made me think of that was in the credits, there's one line, uh, I think it's right after the like, no animals were harmed thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It said, filmed entirely on location. This is a CG piece. Uh, So I think that just reinforces that they, uh, they are actors. Flick is an actor, or he's playing Flick. I don't know what his real name would be, but the character's name is Flick, and they're... uh, they're just creating this movie that basically that the toys in Toy Story have produced this movie uh, with people that they knew from uh, from the back of the closet, the bugs. That's brilliant. And that it was shot in the backyard of the Honey I Shrunk the Kid house, the Solinskis, because they got that messed up rock in the back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast and remakes. You know, we, we okay. So we've done the Randy Newman thing. He actually had a song. We thought I Randy Newman didn't have a song. Crying. I was floored, I was crying. The credits are rolling. He's like, "He's a bug." I, I was time, like, I remember oh. that. Like, yeah, time of your life is the song, and yeah. I, I was losing it because like you, you think of Randy Newman songs and you, you think of Toy Story. I mean, those are like iconic songs. Mm-hmm. And then this song plays. I'm like, I've never, I have not once ever, ever, I have never heard this song before in my life. Uh, not even close. It's not like a, oh, you remember this one from A Book's Life? First time hearing that song. And I was like crying laughing. Like all the other Toy Story songs, um, if you listen to the lyrics, they aren't like narrating like Buzz Woody. He's a cowboy. Even though we make it seem like he is. Yeah. <laughs> but this one's just like, it's a bug. It's a bug slide. Like it was just so on the nose. That I'm like, all right, well. And you go to war with the grasshoppers. <laughs> That's the real rage. tough bug. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So, recast and remake, if this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I really do think if they um, made this movie today, I think if... I know that there are no plans for a Bugs Life sequel, um, but I do think that if they did one, um, it would be about, you know, Flick and Princess, um, you know, 
together. Yeah. Yeah. They have a kid, mm-hmm. um, and they have a little kid who's like Flick Junior or whatever. Um, and they actually do kind of like a Wreck It Ralph thing where they invent. Yeah, you know, he's an inventor, so like it's, it's outside of the industrial revolution. Then you have the technological revolution, um, and so I would think that they he, he basically invents uh bug internet basically um and you know like all great things um he they kind of have like a finding nemo thing like he gets captured because he ends up creating a piece of technology that you know has to do with uh something regarding north korea um but ultimately the name of the movie would be called bugs life 2 netflix because, because Flick created the internet. That's Flick, yeah. That's good. That's why it's called the web. Uh, that's why you say you got bugs in the system. He created the internet, yeah. It wasn't wasn't that great of a joke. I'm sorry. Flick, no, a it's... Lot of build up hey, just hey, no, just... man. Nah, man. <laughs> just go, right. what do you have, Grayson? What do you have? Oh... <laughs> uh. I'm just picturing Flick sitting at a conference table across the uh, across the table from the two pill bugs being like, if you had invented Netflix, you would have invented Netflix. Yes. Go the social network route. I like yeah. that. Um, I, I love the idea of him exploring like the family and kind of the reign of the queen after uh, in a second film. It could be called something like Bugs Life 2, cheaper by the 1,200 dozen. Um, <laughs> ants have a lot of babies, right? Or oh, actually, what I'd want it to be called is 2 by 2 because the Ooh. ants go marching 2 by 2. It would be Bugs Life 2, 2 by 2. Yes, that's uh, the one. Something like that. I think we're around it. I mean, I, I think Toy Story 2 missed the opportunity to be Toy Story 2, Too Fast, Too Infinity. But we <laughs> <laughs> we have this opportunity with Bugs Life 2, 2 by 2. And then they'll probably do like what they do with their trilogies, whether it's Toy Story or Cars, and just make the third one like real sad and personal, and it'd be called Bugs Life Three: The Last Harvest. And everything's dried up; they're in a famine, basically. And um, and it's like all Mad Max Fury Road. Exactly. I got a little bit of a Fury Road vibe from the Grasshoppers, but oh, yeah, yeah, they have to move away uh, in search of green pastures. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it would work. I think yeah. it would work. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's really good. Now, if they were to just remake A Bug's Life, right. um, I think the storyline would be more or less the same, um, except I think it would, I would love to see like more of an ensemble. I would love to see like the love actually version of A Bug's Life where you just like, you zero in on these different bugs and like what they're going on. <laughs> Like what they're living through in their lives, like you see the circus bugs, but like, what what do they do? What do they do before we got there? Like, what was their regular act? And then like the barflies. Oh my gosh, I'm just not getting it, Grayson. Barflies. Barflies. They're barflies. Oh man, this yeah. movie's just too clever. How's I supposed to get that when in '98? No. I was still riding the highest Space Jam on 98. How am I supposed to get Barfly? Anyway. I think that hit me like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. No, I, I like the, the Love Actually approach, especially if they even made it a Christmas movie. Like, they talk so much about having to stock up for the winter. Uh, yeah. Like, let's see them in the winter. You're right. Yeah. And then Randy Newman, but all I want for Christmas is you and a bug. <laughs> oh, baby. All I want for Christmas is grain. <laughs> if they kept the same story, I would. I, I love the voice acting in this. Oh, like, yeah. Dave Foley is probably one of the most natural voice actors. He yeah. like he is acting through this character, and it it was really nice to see. But for um, if I'm just kind of redoing the whole cast, I would just take the cast of single parents uh, oh, because yeah. Taryn Killiam I think would be a, like a really great uh, energetic flick, and I'm I'm not willing to lose Brad Garrett in a recast. <laughs> Get Brad Garrett back. Put yep. him on dim. He knows the lines. I'm sure he still has them memorized 20 yep. years later. Yes. Uh, but yeah. And I would probably just really emphasize the conflict uh, between kind of the uh, the uh, grasshopper overlords and then the ants by making this whole thing a French musical. And I think it's really just going to drive the point home. Look yeah. down. So, look down. Yeah. Either that or... Or make the um, the circus performers do a musical. Um, if only there was some kind of PT-based musical that we could pull from. Oh then we do that. Gosh. And of course, Hugh Jackman's in both of them. Yep. So, yeah. Of course. We'll find something else for John Ratzenberger. I think that uh, you know Hugh Jackman really needs to be PT Flea for this. Yep. Absolutely. I want to see Hugh Jackman explain flaming death. I was like, no, you you don't understand. You come with me. You light me on fire. We do a couple shows a night. I take a day to heal. We do it all again. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend A Bug's Life? I would recommend A Bug's Life because it is a very mature animated film, especially for being the second one out of the gate for Pixar. Um, I've always been kind of curious as to why they released them in the order that they did, um, where you have Toy Story, Bugs Life, then immediately back to Toy Story. And I, I do wonder if that kind of contributed to people forgetting about it because mm -hmm. they were uh, so hyped about Toy Story 2 right after um, and comparing it to the first Toy Story, which had, We've mentioned stuff we had never seen before as an audience. So I do feel like it, it kind of uh, has the disservice of being um, uh, in a Toy Story sandwich. Actually, a Bug's Life sandwich because you don't name the sandwich after the bread uh, unless it's a sourdough jack. And I think it really does stand on its own. Uh, and I wish it was more incorporated into the other uh, Pixar films, like some of the other ones, uh, have kind of crossed over. I would love to find out, even 20 years later, that that the characters from A Bug's Life have appeared in every Pixar film, like somewhere oh. in the background. That I think that would be like an incredible thing to discover. And I feel like there may have been a few instances where the, maybe you see an ant here or there, but for the most part, it's... 
it's a downplayed property, and I think that's that's a real shame. Yeah. Um, but I, I highly recommend it because it is uh, uh, it respects the audience. I'll say that they they don't uh, downplay any of their jokes or kind of cater to the lowest denominator. Uh, but there's still something there for kids as well. And um, I just I just felt like they really respect their audience, and so. Um, I recommend it for that reason. If you like Galaxy Quest, you're going to love A Bug's Life. Uh, it's the same story. Yep. And if you like the minions, um, you'll enjoy the pill bugs because they are the uh, original minions, in my opinion. Yep. My a minion. Sorry. <laughs> I took it too far. <laughs> I flew too close to the sun. <laughs> I flew too close to the sun. Oh. In my stick bird. But you went out in a blaze of glory, Chris. I really did. Hot take. Um, a Bug's Life is better than Ratatouille. So if you're thinking... The <laughs> reason why I'd recommend A Bug's Life is if you're thinking about watching Ratatouille, uh, watch A Bug's Life instead. Um, you won't feel sick yeah. after watching it uh, because the bugs look like cartoon bugs and not... A live rat trying to cook in the kitchen. Uh, so that's why I'd recommend The Bug's Life. That's fair. You're entitled to that opinion. <laughs> uh, but seriously, you know, it, it really is a, a underrated Pixar film, which you don't hear a lot of. Um, and it's, it's definitely worth a look back, especially if you uh, feel like you've watched everything. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, there are, this is an underrated Pixar film, but there are other Pixar films that are rated exactly where they need to be, like Cars 2 or Good (laughs) Dinosaur. This is not one of those cases. Do not think it's one of those cases. Right. It is a self contained mini masterpiece. I say mini because they're bugs. (laughs) And because of Disney. Yeah. (laughs) Should see how I'm spelling (laughs) it. And that is our review of the 1998 Disney Pixar classic, A Bug's Life. Let us know what you remember about Bug's Life. Did you play the Bug's Life game? Um, let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Both places we are at Flashback Flicks. And you should see how we're selling, spelling flicks. Um, it's the same way. Uh, oh. But it also means a lot to us if you left us a rating and review on your podcast uh, platform of choice uh, on a scale of... Ants marching by one by one or five by five. Because they're, they're organized now. Yeah. They, hoorah. Yeah. Ants go marching five by five. Hurrah, hurrah. All, all so that they can stay alive and they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the ring. Boom, 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 oh. boom, 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 boom. Hey, that's true. That's a plot point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just describing the movie. That's the third act. <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With Aquaman coming out, we want to end 2018 with a splash. With the 1984 splash. A Christmas classic. (laughs) 